Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. It is a brand new edition of Flyers Daily. We will have pucks on the ice and in an official capacity this week as rookie camp begins. Rookie game on Friday and Saturday in Lehigh at the PPL Center. And joining us for his usual Monday visit from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. We'll see organized hockey activities this week, Bill. <laughs> the time is here. It's uh, it. yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it'll be pretty cool to actually see some puck, pucks in the ice and and uh, you know, and uh, the team in another uniform this week, too. So, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll the, never get here, honestly. The wild thing about it, like, I'm trying, I get excited for every season that comes, no matter the circumstance, but I feel like I, I don't know if it's this renewed optimism of a you know, a direction of the team and new leadership and all of these things combining. And the fact that it was disgustingly humid the last like week here in Philadelphia and all, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm just like so insanely excited for this season to get going. And I'm not sure where it's all coming from. It might just be some kind of confluence of all these different factors. Maybe just the fact that I'm getting older. I don't know. Yeah, to, I mean, to me, it, it, it's just that it's uh, the realization that it is finally here. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, this offseason is just absolutely endless to me. You know, um, it, 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 it's been, uh, you know, kind of, I mean, kind of tough, actually, because you know, you're, di- you're dying to, to uh, see some pucks in the ice, see the little competitive juice, you know, the, uh, even, you know, even the, the, even the the fans, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the you know the fans in the uh, in the locker rooms, you know, um, the, the just the uh, the zambonis on the ice, you know, just just the, just the sights and the sounds of, of being at a rink. Yeah, you know? I won't um, mention the smells because they're not too. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, they're, not, they're, not, they're not they're not too pleasant, but uh, it, it's, <laughs> it goes to the turf, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing about it maybe too here, Bill, is you know we're kind of on that normal schedule of after the pandemic now where things kind of ended when they were supposed to, they're starting when they are supposed to. And even though this was an incredibly eventful off season and a lot of really the off season started a week after the NHL trade deadline, when the flyers started to get that jump start with Danny as the interim. And then the president of hockey operations, Stan Hilferty, Dave Scott stepping down all of that. We've had a lot of these really momentous things happen um, but the one thing we haven't had happen is, you know, since development camp has been seeing players on the ice. And I, I thought this would be a good opportunity before we start to see some organized team activities to do some Ask Billy questions and ask the Flyer fans, you know, before everything kind of gets underway and we get caught up in the minutia of, you know, what did he do in this shift in a preseason game or he's got to be better defensively or he's got to bury that, got to make a say, you know, all of those things. We get to some Ask Twitter Ask Billy questions. So let's get them started here. Uh, Dylan comes in with our first one. And, and I think he's got the hardest question of any that I saw. And he said, how will Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson perform coming back from injury? He also has a question about Tyson Forrester. And we'll get to those. But that first question about Couturier and Atkinson and how they'll perform coming back from injury, I say that's an unanswerable question at this time. Only time is going to give us the answer to that question. Uh, absolutely, and, and a critical unanswered question. Yes, um, the the Flyers' ability to be a, be an all around better team. You know, I mean one of one of the biggest issues 
exiting last season going to this year, obviously it's the, uh, you know, you want to you want to score more, you want to have more depth, but keeping the puck out of their own net. And with the question marks they have uh, on the blue line and, and on both ends of special teams, of which both Couturier and Atkinson play crucial roles on both sides of special teams, ha- having both guys healthy w- would help immensely. Um, I, I think a big part of the reason why the Flyers finished where they did, I'm um, talking about in, in special teams rankings, was the absence of those guys. Um, Couturier for a, a season and a half, and, and Atkinson, uh, the, the stretch drive of the year before and then, then all last season. Um, so I, I think that the Flyers need, need to get some clarity on it. Um, you, you're not going to know that even necessarily in camp. It's going to go into the season two. Um, and then it's, you know, do they have good starts? And then can they maintain, maintain a pretty high level of play and, and show some durability too? Um, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's a big, big, big question mark heading into any, in the camp into the season and, and will play out over the course of the season. Um, if it's answered positively it, in um, particularly in both cases, then all of, then all of a sudden I think the narrative, you know, the narrative becomes a lot brighter for what this team is capable of doing. So uh, I, I think it's a great question. I, I, I don't think that anybody, um, they make an answer right now. Yeah, you can't truly answer right now. I mean, if the other critical element of those two players is what they provide from a non-hockey standpoint as well. I mean, both are couldn't be different personality-wise, the two players, but they both carry the weight in the room of of a firm voice and a very respected voice. So I think that's that's part of it as well. And you know, the last part of Dylan's question, uh, he asked about Tyson Forster. We'll get to that in a moment. But the last part of his question is, where will the Flyers finish in the league? Well, when we get the answer to part one, the Kateria Atkinson part. Uh, you get a little bit clearer of an answer, maybe where they can finish in the league, but I don't know that they're they're answerable as is. But his other question was about Tyson Forster in the Calder Trophy conversations. And look, I mean, you got a Connor Bedard coming into the league. You've got Fantilli coming into the league. Got some high end players. There's always a guy, you know, a rookie maybe that isn't 18 or 19 that comes in and is a little bit more ready because he's a little more developed physically in those things. Um, it's not something that I'm going to concern myself with, but he is a player that can put the puck in the net, and that does get the eyes of voters when it comes to a Calder. Uh, for sure, um, I, I I wouldn't put him in, in that inner group of uh, favorites going into the season. Um, I, I I do think that uh, he could finish among the rookie scoring leaders. Uh, hopefully, he will. You know, um, top six, something like that, maybe. If, yeah, if so he has a six season. seven. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's kind of that would be a successful year for him. Um, want to want to see him have a a good camp and and uh, you know blow the door down. Uh, I I don't know if he has to blow the door down to to maybe start the season in the NHL, but I do know that uh, I do know they're pretty high expectations, and I'd like to see him start answering that you know pretty quickly. I, I think there's sometimes a tendency to put too much on the preseason and early in the season. Mm-hmm. We do forget that it, that it is 82 games and it, uh, you know, it goes out to next spring. And a lot of times the early trends, particularly in camp end up 
not really being what takes place over the course of a season. So it's not the end of the world. It would take them a little time to get going. But you still want to see him hit the ground running, if, if at all possible, in an ideal world, and, and kind of carry that through. And the other part of it, too, is that um, one, one thing John Tortorella has done so far in his tenure is that, you know, if you played his expectations, he'll keep sending you over the boards. Yeah. So there's opportunity there. I, I think the thing about it is, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he has to blow the door down, but I sure would like him to blow the door down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think there's, you know, in hearing Tyson speak this offseason at development camp and those things, I, I think the positive reinforcement and the way he was managed into his introduction into the NHL game um, could put him on a path to go, to come in and go, you know what, I'm going to blow the door down. I'm not happy just getting here and, and feeling like I belong in the NHL. I want to come in and blow the door down. So we'll see if he's able to do that. Uh, let's get to our se- uh, second question here from Flyers fan 39. He said, hockey questions are speculation at this point. So hockey tangi- tangential. Uh, he said, likelihood of Jonesy dropping in on occasion for a bit of color during home broadcast. He said, which national crew do you like better? ESPN versus TNT versus NHL Network. He said, TNT for me. And he says, should the Sixers stay in South? I'm not going to even, I don't care about that. And Wiz Wit. So let's take him. Think Jonesy will pop into a few broadcasts? I have a feeling he might. <laughs> I, I, I think there's, there's a good possibility of that. Maybe a couple pre-games as well. Maybe a few national games yep. as well. You know, that's... Uh, the, the Old Jonesy. habits are going to die hard here. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. And uh, the, the requests will be there. I, I think it, it, I think when he can, he, you know, will uh, be out there. Um, let's get to Flyer Squid 379. He says, this camp sets the foundation for the future. He said, consistently competitive teams have three or four core players that come together for you know a good run of like t- eight, 10 years. The Bruins, Caps, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, et cetera, they've all done it. He said, do we have our core on the current roster? Is it at rookie camp? It is Michkov the key or final addition to that core? That's one of the big questions we want to answer this year, Bill. Is Noah Cates? Is Morgan no, Frost? Yeah. Tippett, I- York. Are they core? And and those guys have to take that uh that, that next step collectively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's rare that everybody does. Uh hopefully, hopefully several do. Um I mean one of the to me, one of the things that why the Flyers ended up in rebuilding mode, truthfully, was that you know, what was the core group when, when Ron Hexel gave uh when Ron Hexel took took over as general manager from Paul Holmgren? They're already there, right? It was uh, it was Drew, it was Voracek, it was Simmons, and and John Katori was the young emerging player from that group, and that group was really, you know, your core through the rest of the the 2010s. Um, they didn't they didn't supplement the group enough, and there was no succession planning. Um, there was plan. You know, I should say there was there was succession planning, but it it didn't come to fruition. Um. So you're the core group, you know, by the by the end of the by the end of the decade, and they're getting up into their thirties or their late twenties, and you know, in a, a case like Wayne Simmons, you know, Simmer wasn't the same player by the time he was traded in 2019 that, that he had been all those years. He was just a, a rock of strength, a power forward, etc. Um, so nobody nobody really rose up to take that mantle. Um, you know, now. Couturier is, is getting into that older group and they're coming off of injury and whatnot. It's critical for the Flyers to have that next generation of players who step up. Um, Konechny showed that that uh, not only you know, is he capable of, of being part of that group, but 
He really took that seriously. I mean, last year, Konechny was very consistent for the most part. He had some injury issues and a little – a little dip after in January, um, after the after the All Star break, it was in February. Um, he had an injury, but I, I thought that he I thought that he got there now. But he's 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 already in his prime, yeah. you know. I I I think that his best years are right now. So I, I think I think it's crucial moving forward that uh, the Cates, the Frost, the Tippets take what they did last year and, and start growing that a little bit. Before some of these other players arrive, um, yeah. you know, b- before the Cutter Gautiers arrive, before Michkov eventually arrives, uh, I-, I would say that Michkov. I don't know if he's the finishing piece, but hopefully he's a centerpiece, you know, in in um, in that group. But answering that in the affirmative that you that you have a group and these are the guys you can identify who who have kind of taken over some ownership of the team. You, you need you absolutely need that over this year no matter what the team's record is ultimately yeah. um they had 75 points last year um which was 14 more than the year before that i believe but you know to take another 14 point jump is, is a kind of a tower you're you're fully before with 90 points at that point um which is really the outer edge of the playoff bubble but in at least uh at least hanging around the mix um, I don't know if they're going to get there necessarily this particular year, but but I do think that uh, having guys who step up and, and help help you get towards that absolutely crucial, and it lets you know how far along you are in your rebuild. Yeah, it really, and Danny Briere has said uh, on several occasions that ultimately the players will determine the length of a rebuild. Uh, at Slay Pool tweets in, and she says, "Do you think some players will build off of the success they had last season, and do you think?" there are going to be any players who surprise us this season. We kind of discussed the players building on that success, whether it's Tippy, York, Frost, uh, on down the line, Noah Cates and others. Um, but the second part of her question is where I'm interested. Do you think there are going to be any players who surprise us this season? And Bill, I, when I read this question, the first thought that went into my mind was the player I think that's going to surprise people this season. And maybe this is wishful thinking. I don't know. But I think it's Travis Sanheim because I think people have didn't have the greatest year last year we know. But he's a player that prior to that was on a very nice trajectory. If he can bounce back and put everything that happened in the offseason behind him, I know he's been in town skating already. Uh, If he can do that, he was at the Phillies game the other night. If he can do that, he's a player I think that could surprise a lot of fans because a lot of people are throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I I agree. Uh, I think my player, I think people forget that Joel Farabee is still actually the youngest of that group. Uh, other than a guy like Forrester who's a rookie this year, you know, uh, Farabee's younger, a little younger than Frost, a little younger than Tippett, and you know, he was drafted he here. Twenty goals in fifty-five games in a shortened season. Exactly, and, and since since that point, injuries have been a, a big issue. Yeah. Um, uh, even you know, even before the neck surgery last year, he really wasn't a healthy player the year before. Never used it as an excuse, and used it as an excuse last year either. But he was clearly not himself. The year before that, as after a quick start too, he had, a, he had a great start to the season the year before, and then, you know, kind of struggled the rest of the way. Getting him back to that, getting him back to that form that he showed the year before that, so a couple of years ago at this point, and again, he's still he's still young. He's still, um, you know, uh, other than other than the Forster kind, you know, kind of players, uh, Andre Brink, right? He's he's but he's, uh, you know, he's. Still a young player, and and being part of that young nucleus, 
and is capable of it. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think that having him back in that conversation would be huge. And also, you know, also among the young players coming up who, who might potentially make the team and uh, make, make a push at some point this year to, to make some kind of an impact. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, when or, or if Brink comes up, but Brink certainly has great playmaking ability and, and um, you know, really, really good hands and ice vision. That's a guy who could come up. You never, we don't really talk about him too much in the opening night Knicks. But that's a guy to me who could come in and surprise and, and make an impact at some point. Yeah, and, and he's one of the names I was thinking of with this next question that Ethan Freeman sent in. He said, he said we put everything on the, quote, Meechkoff timeline, in which case flyers start to look more competitive in three years. What rookies should we keep an eye on starting this year in camp? That could be around in three years and be a big part of this flyers team then. And I, I think a couple of guys, I think Brink's one of those guys, Bill. Um, I, I think Emil Andre's one of those guys that we look at through a very a very important lens, Elliot Denoyer, although he's probably not going to be a top six, but those players are important. They're glue guys that can kill penalties, win key face-offs, shut down opposition's you know, top lines and, and match up, all those things. I think all those guys are going to be of huge importance. And, and the one that I didn't mention, and he seems to have gotten lost in some ways here, um, maybe because he wasn't at development camp, is Cutter Gauthier. I mean, that's obviously a big one too. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, along with Michkov. And, yeah. uh, you know, and Gautier, is it going to be at center? Is it going to be on a wing? Um, certain, certainly has all the tools uh, of being an impact offensive player. Now, maybe not a superstar, but an impact player. A guy, a guy who can, um, you know, who can help your team in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, and, and a pretty big body who can also skate, which is uh, yeah, the gold standard in today's today's game. Um, you know, their their ability to, to play with pace. Um, a lot of these young players, they 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 add a lot in that area, and also the Flyers. Um, you know, I I think that being able to have some guys that can also do different things in the lineup. You mentioned um, you mentioned Denoyer, right? He he's a he's a player who's that Swiss Army knife kind of a player. And they, they are just – they're so necessary and valuable in a team. Even if he gets – even if he puts up lesser offensive numbers than some other guys, he can help you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, can can score can score five on five. Even if he's not part of your power play where he's going to put up big numbers, you know, at the NHL level, um, he's not playing the top of the lineup. You could move him to the top of the lineup for a period of time when you need to do that. And otherwise, he, otherwise to me, he's a, a, a prototypical kind of – third line guy but you can move him up as you need to uh you can play center you can play wing i i think having that kind of versatility and the diverse skill sets uh, across some of these young players uh, i think that's a that's a hopeful sign now they just they have to take that next step so we'll see bill who's he remind you of with with all those skills you just mentioned center wing do all those things he reminds you of scott lawton doesn't he yeah he does he does there, <laughs> there's a, there there's definitely a similarity there and just their just their love of competing, their love of the yeah. game. Um, you know, they're they're the kind of guys you just, you know, a coach never has to worry about them. You know, yeah. they, they just send them out, and that's yeah. uh, that's the kind of player that he is. Yeah, their ceiling may not be super high, yeah. um, but their basement isn't low. And yeah. 
you know, coaches love to throw a guy over the boards that they know is not going to inflict self-inflicted wounds, which, which brings us to David Bergen, Dave Bergen's question. He says, is the value of what Scotty Lawton will do for the young guys on the team and the prospects more valuable in the long term that the high end of what he could fetch on the trade market? And this is this is one of those tricky things. You know, there, there was a lot of subtraction, some big personalities subtracted this offseason. And you got to be careful because you do need to have the veterans there to show young guys how to be a pro and, and, you know, get through the rigors of an 82 game season. When you do become a playoff team, learn how to, to perform and prepare in playoff hockey. Cause it's such a different animal. And I think a guy like Scott Lawton does pay that dividend. Yeah. I think he's, he's got good market, you know, good trade value, of course, but is it penny wise and pound foolish is the question. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know that the Flyers were actually truly going to get a first-round pick. There's always rumors out there and an ask. Um, you know, this is one where a coach will say, "You better be really blown away if you're going to subtract yeah, this player from me." <laughs> for, for sure, and, and a big part of it too, Jason, is that um, not only not only does he play the right way and competes and represents the team off the ice, he he brings the element that he loves being a Flyer. He wants to be here. He yeah. wants to be part of the solution. And that's um, when you're trying to make an impression on young players, when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to sell veteran players on, on coming there, they, they look at guys like that and, 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 you know, how much they, they love being part of it. They're very good ambassadors for your team uh, in, in ways that are off the ice as well as on the ice and what he brings as a two-way player. So, um, so that, that carries a whole lot of value. And, you know, at a certain point, hopefully you have, other such players emerge in that and they're, you know, and then maybe you can deal from enough strength to, to get a good asset in return. And it, it makes sense. But I think as part of a rebuild, I, you know, the, the Flyers aren't swimming in players like Scott Lund. Most teams are, yeah. you know, which is he, why he's got the value. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Uh, you know, and not that, uh, not that he's a, not that he's a, as skilled as Lawton is, but I think Garnet Hathaway can bring some of that too. That, that guy who the, the veteran presence who's just uh, you know, represents the team in every way possible on and off the ice and, and uh, has the respect of everybody in that room. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, that adds to that. And that, that does ultimately carry over to at least to a degree on the ice. Bill, last one for you. Hashtag ask Billy. Jack B tweets in and he says, hashtag ask Billy. What, if anyone, do you see the Flyers offering a PTO? Um, you know, we've heard Torts and Danny Briere and, and Jonesy actually mentioned it as well. You know, sometimes you look for those guys where it's not working where they are. They need to change the scenery. We've seen that work in so many players, especially in the history of the NHL. So many guys, they go to a different place and everything falls into place. Is there any guys that, you know, usually the PTO is the veteran guy. But is there any veteran guys that, you know, maybe you bring in a couple camp bodies, you're helping a guy out, you know, to, to get some play and put on, put some tape on the ice. We saw it with the off last year. Yeah. And ultimately he stayed with the Phantoms. He got hurt and he was a huge asset down there for that Phantoms team. I thought, uh, do you see any PTOs? I think that they've brought in enough pieces here where, um, you know, maybe somebody who, with clear waivers and start out with the Phantoms and maybe come up at some point. But I think that they want, they don't want to block any young players 
Um, I, so I, I don't I don't know that this is the right year for PTO guys. Um, no, Lucas Sedlak. Yeah, well, it, it, exactly. Uh, that 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 kind of a role player. Yeah. Um, you know, I I mean, honestly, and they they got him as a, I mean, and and he was he was going to be signed by somebody if not by Philadelphia, but a, but a paling type, right? Yeah. Who uh, definitely needed a bit of a change of scenery. He's still relatively young. I mean, that 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 would be the kind of guy if they were to to extend the PTO to somebody it would would be the kind of player they, they would look at. I would think. Um, you know, I, I haven't I haven't looked uh, closely at what defensemen might be out there that might be uh, PTO candidates, but I, I I don't know this will be the year that they do. the The odds are always against a PTO guy making a team. I mean, we've probably have had guys who've made it, but but a lot of times you said it, it, it's that older player who um, you know wants one more kick at the can, and they've been a good player and 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 a good guy around the room, and they often might have a previous relationship with the head coach. So yep. the, there's that familiarity that going in. Um, but he, even, you know, even in those cases, the, the odds tend to be against, I, I know there was, uh, you know, some, some fan sentiment for Wayne Simmons, for example. Yeah. And, and, and you're not going to find somebody who likes Simmons more than, you know, I mean, Simmer, I have a ton of respect for, it. I, I don't think that would be, you know, I don't, I wouldn't see it working out. And if Wayne lands somewhere, I would like for it to be for his sake somewhere. Where I think you have a, a chance of, of making a team. So, yeah. um, you know, I, so I just, I just, I just don't see a PTO right now, but uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. Well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't see the scenario where it makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, you see guys come in over the years, Billy Garen, for example, came in on a PTO one year, if I recall, and, um, you know, he was a great player in his time, but, Time waits for no man. Uh, Bill, great stuff here as always. Next week, Bill, the assignment's going to be pretty fun because I'm going to set our a bunch of over-unders for the season. And we're going to have to pick whether the player X is going to go over whatever the over-under is, goals or you know minutes played or games played when we look at guys maybe like Sean Couturier or Cam Act. We're going to have all kinds of different ones. Uh, to, to discuss next week, and that's what we'll do when you join us next Monday. So, everybody, uh, we'll be back Wednesday. That'll be the start of Rookie Camp and uh, Rebuild's work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, and we will talk to you next time on a brand-new Flyers Daily. In LA, you-